Welcome to Muse Views, the podcast for the Muse community about the Muse community. Muse is a nonprofit education networking group for users of the Meditech electronic health record system. Here on our podcast, we chat with healthcare IT folks about ideas, opportunities, strategies, and solutions to improve work life experiences and share views you can use. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, TJ Temple. Thank you for joining us today. Today on the podcast, we're joined by an international Muse member. Brian Nelligan serves as senior system analyst and is currently serving as the past chair on the Muse board of directors. Brian has worked at multiple Meditech facilities across Canada and even in a facility in Ireland. He has a great passion for the Muse organization and the Meditech platform at large. I'm happy to have him share that passion with us today. Please welcome to the podcast, Brian Nelligan. Hi, thanks TJ for inviting me to this podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Now, I know people have worked at a lot of different organizations, but you've managed to make it all Meditech facilities. Is there anything that you've noticed as you've been in these different facilities, either with the way Meditech's used or the way the organization's structured or anything that, that's kind of unique to the Meditech culture, if you will? Over my career, I've been in IT healthcare now since uh, 1992. So I've been in it now for 30 years and I've worked at a lot, 14 different facilities. And as you said, I've honed in on Meditech sites since 2002. That was my first site when coming into Nova Scotia, actually, in 2002, coming back. I helped implement Meditech across the province in 2002. For 20 years now, I've been focused on Meditech facilities. And it's more because of the and no offense to Meditech, but the devil I know. I know how Meditech works. I know the functionality of it. I know what it can do and what it can't do. So I feel that confidence when someone comes to me and asks me if Meditech can do this or if the system can do that, I can pretty well 100% say yes or no. And, and there are certainly the times where I have to contact Meditech and say, hey, can we? And get our customs and stuff like that. But it's it's that reliability that I know the system well enough that I can answer those questions pretty quickly. With going across, and I've done it in Alberta and British Columbia and Ontario, and as you mentioned, Ireland, actually twice, once in Dublin and once in Galway. Even over there, Meditech, every site is different. I would never say, I've implemented the ITS module five times in, in different organizations, and not once have I said, this is how you have to do it. Everyone has their own ways of doing things. I make sure the system works for them. And that's the one thing I'll say about Meditech's system, is that it has flexibility to be handled differently by different organizations, which is why I like it. There are different ways of doing it. There's not just one way you have to go this way, you have to do it this way, or there's different ways of tackling it. And I, and I certainly found that out in Ireland. Ireland was different. It was a private hospital I was working for there, where most times I've been in Canada working for the public system. So working for a private hospital, they do different things a little differently there. So I had to set up the system a little differently. The bar module was certainly a big one, a big challenge, because it's different than how it's done in Canada. But the nice thing is it's Minitech and the idea that it's familiar across even the platforms. Because I've done Dollar T, Rad, I've done certainly Magic, the world, and I've done Client Server, and I've even done six. I haven't done Expanse, but I've done six. And from what I understand, even Expanse is still similar in the background. So that's why I enjoy it. That's why I've kept with it for that purpose, because of the flexibility it has and the familiarity I have with the actual software. And Everywhere, people talk about it with every system. I'm sure even the other big EHRs out there still have people say, oh, you know, it's slow here. Oh, why is it doing this? And we all have that. The nice thing is I have a really good rapport with the Meditech people. And if I need something done, 
you know, most times I can ask that question to them directly and say, look, can we, uh, can we get this working for them? And most times I'd have to say there was only one time that we weren't able to do it. Yeah. That's me in Meditech and why I stuck with it and yeah. why I continue to praise it. And like I said, it's the devil I know. It's not, <laughs> there's nothing, there's no perfect solution out there. But Meditech for me is good for the users. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, that that flexibility and customization and, you know, making it your own is what makes Muse such a powerful organization as well as the sharing that we can do back and forth. And this is how we did it. You should try this. You know, sometimes that doesn't work with those, quote unquote, out of the box systems because there is no flexibility. Meditech is a huge company, obviously. But like you said, you know, you know, the people there, they have longevity in their coworkers, and it feels like a small kind of family that, you know, even though it's a, a big major company. It is. And the one thing I like about the Meditech community, and maybe the other ones have this as well, but like if I can go to a hospital and say, hey, I'm having this issue, and if they have a solution, well, they share it. We're a sharing community, and that's certainly part of the Muse world as well that we share that. But I can contact another Meditech hospital and just say, as I certainly do on the Muse site, and send out a question saying, hey, who has an NPR report for this? Or, hey, who has an attribute for this? That kind of thing. And I always get responses back. We're a sharing community because we all understand we're all in the same spot. We've all had obstacles to overcome. And most of the times there's been someone there with us to help with those obstacles. So that's why I enjoy the community of Meditech and Muse. Yeah. So that's a nice segue into your passion and history with Muse. You know, you've been at several organizations. I know you personally from working on the board with you. And I know that several organizations that you've belonged to or employed at weren't even Muse members, and you chose the associate membership route so that you could still take advantage of Muse. That's probably a membership option that some people listening may not even know about. So tell us about that role and why you chose to do that, even though your organization may have not been a quote-unquote site member. Tell us about that. Sure. So I'm going to do a very brief intro into my Muse world. So in 2003, I went to BC, and I went to my first Muse regional conference. And I thought, wow, (laughs) this was a group of people that we're all talking the same language. And I thought, I need to be part of this organization. There's no one's much about it. Now, I worked for Interior Health in BC at the time, and they were certainly a partner and, and Muse, a facility member. So I had that opportunity to go there then. And my first opportunity, I went to my supervisor and said, look, I want to be on the regional board, Western Regional Board. I want to be involved with this organization. I think it's great. And I still tout that today. So they did. They let me join in. So I became a board member for the regional, the Western Canadian Regional Board. From then on, I stuck with Muse. And as you said, I've gone to facilities that were not facility members. And I've always done this since I've been involved with Muse. Every hospital I go to, I have the prerequisite of two things. One, if I know they're a member of Muse, that they allow me to continue on either the committees that I was either involved in or being on the board as I'm on now. And if they weren't a member of the Muse organization, I would certainly try to push the value behind it. But at the end of the day, I would say, if the facility doesn't want to be part of it, you still have to let me be an associate member, which means I, as, as a single person who work at a Meditech facility, have that option of spending, I can't remember what the price is anymore. Back in the day, it was relatively cheap, but I think you know, even just like $250, I get to be that member on Muse. And I get the full benefits of being on Muse. So I get all the webinars, I get to go to the conferences, I get all the information, I get to list my questions on the Muse website, and I get to network with 
all the, you know, what, 6,000 people or whatever we have uh, that are registered in the Muse website. So it, for me, it's always been a priority. And tell you the truth, I refused a job one time because the facility was not a member, and they were not going to let me to continue to be involved with the Muse organization. So I said, well, then I just said thank you for your time and chose another spot. And it's only because I think people spend millions. I mean, hospitals spend millions of dollars on an EHR. Can you not spend $2,000 to join the user group community so that you can enhance your EHR that you spent millions on. And the benefit outweighs the cost so much. I don't know if we want me to go into that right now, but it's certainly, for me, it's the networking abilities that I can contact literally hundreds of people that are out there that are Muse members, either commercial members, Meditech itself, or facility members like yourself, and to say, hey, I have a question. And because we're in the Muse community, People want to, they want to answer your question. So that's the benefit to it. And being an associate, I remember I went to the first facility I had to do that with. They joined later on. They joined in about three or four months later, which was great because they saw the benefit. They saw I had two other analysts that wanted to also come to the conference because they heard, hey, you're going to the conference. And said, yes, I'm going to the conference because I was on the education committee at the time. I said, yes, I'm going to the conference. I said, well, how do we get to go to the conference? I said, well, you have to be a Muse member. Well, I said, but you don't have to be. You could come to the conference and pay the non-member fee. But why would you do that when it's cheaper to pay the associate fee or even as they did, pay the facility fee and then pay for the registration? So, right. yeah. So my sites have learned, the people I've gone to have respected it, the Muse organization and the power it holds. Right. And the value with that facility membership is it's not limited to any number of people in that facility. So, I mean, the price changes on the bed size a little bit, but as many users that want to take advantage of the Muse website can. And it's not a per license or it's not the Microsoft model no. or anything where you have to pay per that's head right. or per month, you know. And that's a challenge we've had. You know it. You've been on the board. You've been on the membership committee and on the education committees. And that's the challenge we've always had is to make sure the facilities let their users base know that. When I went to say interior health, the first spot I went to, that was one of the things I was given as a package when orientation was my Muse membership. And I mean, and that wasn't because I was IT. Everybody got it. The lab techs got it. The radiology techs got it. The clerk in health records got it. It was a thing they promoted because they wanted the people to be part of the group. And so it's a challenge to get people to say, look, it doesn't have to be the IT guys. Right? The, the IT people, yeah, it's great. Let the analyst join, let the CIO join, let that lab tech join, let that director of health records join, let the clerk join. Like, why not? There's no harm in it. They can see what's going out there. They can see what other sites are doing in their areas, and they can ask questions of themselves without having to go through the analyst, which is back in the in the good old days, you know, in the 2000s, people would come to me and they would say, Brian, can you put this on the Muse website back in the day with you know, Meditech L? Can you put it on? But with Muse, if you're a member part of it, you can put it on yourself and you'll get the directly to you without having to go through the analyst anymore. We you know it's a challenge to get people to do that. And we every year we try to push it to say, look, get more people to sign up. Doesn't cost you anything. Doesn't right. cost you a cent more. Yeah. I'm working with a client now who's just kicking off their big bang expanse project, go live across ambulatory and acute and everything. And at the core team meeting recently, there was about 60 people on the, the WebEx uh, call they were doing. And the CIO there did a full, basically, demo of 
Muse and the forum and showed a couple emails that he received for the forum summaries and invites to the jam sessions and everything. And, and that's the kind of engagement it takes to get that value. I mean, even if one person uses it monetarily, it's worth the value. But if you just expose it to 60 leaders and core team leaders across your organization, how much value are they going to get out of that coming through into this giant project? Oh, very much so. And it's, I've heard the other side of the coin sometimes, it's like one time saying, well, we don't want those people to get in there and, and find out what else they can do <laughs> to right. create more work for you. <laughs> but, I think, but that's why I'm here. And I've always been that way. I'm here for the end user. I'm not here for me. I don't use Meditech. Like for me, for my benefit, I don't use it for my benefit. I go in there and I do audit trails and I make sure the system's up and running and I make sure the servers are good. But I don't use the software. I don't register the patients in there. I don't look at the RAD reports in there. So why wouldn't I want those users to go into the Muse site and say, hey, this is a better way of doing it. Brian, how can we do this? And I'd say, hey. And the nice thing is, let's talk to that facility because guess what? They're going to want to talk. They'll They'll tell me how they did it, or I'll hear it at a conference or I'll see it on a webinar, that kind of thing. So it's key to get your other people outside of the IT world into the yeah, that's, world. That's a great point. Let the users see what they can do. That's a good point. So let's yep. bridge over into talking about the actual in-person conference. So we're back in person this year, looking at the website, mm-hmm. there's 25 days, 13 hours, 28 minutes and 35, 34, 33 <laughs> <laughs> seconds until we're at least from the recording date here, we're recording on. So Let's talk about that a little bit. And if you guys are, the listeners want to know who Brian is, you can pick him out easily. He'll have the badge with the most banners on it. Um, it'll be down <laughs> to his knees almost, but uh, he's, yep, he's kind of known there. for having all the badges and flags and flyers <laughs> and all that stuff. So tell us what you're excited about for the upcoming conference, Brian. Oh, the upcoming conference. Yeah, it's been three years now. 2019 was our last one. I'm just itching to go. And it's because I'm a people person and TJ knows this and a lot of people who know me know this. I'm a hands-on guy and I'm smiling all the time. As TJ says, I wear my badge, my Muse badge on. And then for people who haven't been to the conference before, there's we give ribbons out. So if you're a presenter, you put a ribbon on your badge. And if you're a facilitator, you put a ribbon on. And if you're whatever version of Meditech you're on, you put that ribbon on. Mine flows down pretty far sometimes because I'm <laughs> busy and I'm in a lot of things. So, and I enjoy that. For me, it's the way people look at me and people, oh, look at me. And I wear my big ask me button that goes around. Uh, yeah. And so people can ask me a question about the conference. I love the conference. In the in-person conferences, for me, it's the way to go. We've been all on Teams meetings and whatever other system you're using out there to meet virtually. It's time to meet in person. You just get that connection. You get that face to the, uh, even if it has a mask on it, you still get that face to the email, LinkedIn. The conference for me has always been the place where I enjoy it. From my first one in BC, I dressed up as a tacky tourist because that was the theme for the one of the nights. And I came as the tackiest tourist ever. <laughs> they gave me a prize and everything for it. And one year I had a horse costume on. I think it, it was actually Dallas where we're going back in this year. I, I wore a horse costume and, <laughs> and people were taking pictures. And I was selling 50-50 tickets. And I said, you can't take a picture with the horse unless you buy a 50-50 ticket. <laughs> and the conference is just where people network and see the education. And the education is top notch. We have so many. I've had times where I'm thinking, I need to see three presentations at the same time. I can't do that. So the nice thing is I can always get the presentation from the person. And I've always tried to make sure at least I know who the person looks like. So I'll meet them later on at the conference Mm -hmm. and get that 
networking bit done so that when I do look at their PowerPoint presentation later on at the office, I can send them an email or I can call them and say, hey, can you discuss this? And I've done that. This year, I said, you know, I think people are going to want to come just because they want to get out of their home office or if their office office, if they're working out of that. It's just where people are going to want to go, I think. Certainly for me, I, I know it's where I want to go. I'm looking after a couple panels, which have always done, matter of fact, they've been to the top. We do an audit afterwards of the people who attended and ask them which were their favorite ones. And it's been in the top one for their, you know, certainly it wasn't the last two years, but before that, it was the top one for the last six years. It used to start, it was Meditech 6. Now, of course, it's Expanse. And so I facilitate a implementation panel, which has a bunch of panelists. Uh, I have a really good group this year, uh, four panelists, and Meditech will be on the panel as well. And they'll be discussing what they did to get up to Expanse. Either And one of the facilities is actually coming from a non-Meditech site. Two of them were Magic, and one of them was client-server. So it's a really good mix of people that'll be on that panel. They'll be explained, you know, the, the traps we've all experienced when we're implementing things to make sure that, hey, don't do this uh, or the gutches and the things to do to ensure a, a successful implementation. So that's the one panel. It's always been the top rated panel for the conference for the last six years. Mm-hmm. And the next one will be priority packs with Expanse. Certainly down in the States, it seems to change a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of requirements that are needed down there that forces Meditech to create new priority packs to, to cover that. And there's always, which one do I go with? Which priority pack do I go with? And how did it go? And so I've got a panelist, panels of four people. I got uh, coming in from Halifax Health, and I have one from New Jersey. They'll be there explaining the priority packs they went with and how it went and what the benefits of it were and if there were any gotchas. And I would expect that to be just as popular with the people. Even the people I would think that are still not expanse yet may want to go to that one. Absolutely. Just so they all understand, hey, what is going on? So, you know, Even in a non-expanse world, people still did priority packs in, in mm-hmm. client-server. And so, hey, let's see what's going on in the expanse world of priority packs. Let's see if it's still as good as they say it is, which my understanding is it is. So, yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. Those are my two events that I'll be looking after. Mm-hmm. I'm also looking forward just to meeting some of the vendors. I have a really good rapport with a lot of the vendors. So it's just nice to see them, to see what's coming out new. I mean, it's been three years. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's something new that's out there. I did go to another conference that I saw things at, and I thought, wow, the world has changed in three years uh, for my work. Because we've all been focused on COVID and the response to it and making sure that our clinical people have the tools they need and then making sure we get the data out that we need to get out. Now it's time to say, okay, not saying COVID's over. By a fire shot, it's likely not. But we need to start looking at moving ahead again. Uh, otherwise, we're going to be, if we didn't, we could be back three, four years before we, you know, we start looking at moving ahead. And it's time to start moving ahead. This conference will give people that opportunity to move ahead see what other people have done. Believe it or not, during COVID, people did implementations. People went live with Expanse during COVID, remotely, mm-hmm. 100% remotely. Meditech mm-hmm. never showed up at the facility. Analysts weren't even at the facility. So it's amazing to think that happened. And I would love to hear those stories and see how they did it. And we're going to hear some of that, actually, from a couple of the, the panelists. So, And the other networking that's going on, the, the education is amazing. And we've got a lot of intake for really great presentations. And for me, the networking, having lunch with people, you know, and let's be, you know, be right, socializing afterwards, dinner, uh, drink or something like that. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I have rapport. I've met people and I'll throw out a couple names that people in the medtech community likely do know. Bill Mullins. I love Bill Mullins. I can contact Bill Mullins anytime I want personally and he'll answer me back and give me an answer. No charge, no delay. He, he does it. And it's because of Muse. Well, you've covered a lot of the key aspects there. Networking, education, the panels are a great addition into that education. Food, you covered that, which is always good. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, we're blessed this year to have uh, two keynote speakers, Michelle O'Connor, who's the CEO of Meditech, and then Helen Waters, who's spoken with us before, but she has a new role now. She's the vice president. So that'll be very interesting. In my memory, I don't know that we've actually had the the president of the Meditech speak. No. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't. And it's going to be an interesting, from my, don't take this as 100%, but my understanding is it's going to be like a sit down. They're going to be sitting in chairs. Alan, our CEO of Muse, will be sitting there and asking questions back and forth to them. Okay. So yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, we haven't had the president before. I'm very, very happy to, to see that we have these two wonderful ladies that are going to really give a good talk uh, right. at, at the conference. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's going to be exciting. So we'll put the link to the conference homepage in the show notes. And depending on how your page refreshes, you might see Brian over the left shoulder of Hoda I know. on one of the screensavers. So, <laughs> yeah. so you can, I'm always you there can the company, he's smiling just like he said he always was. <laughs> well, yeah. well, Brian, as we wrap up here, I always like to ask what everybody's into and what they're doing as far as podcasts or books or something. But with you, I know you're an avid traveler. So I have two uh, travel questions for you that I'll that I'll toss at you that I think the listeners might find interesting. First question is, I know you've done some traveling during COVID and tell me something either unique or something that you liked traveling during COVID better than traveling during non-COVID. Yeah, so I did. And we went, to, we were supposed to go to Greece in April of 2020. And of course, we all know what happened around that time of year. And so everything got shut down. So Europe wasn't taking anybody in and we weren't too sure should we even be traveling anyway. And so Greece opened up again in July, uh, what Europe did, to Canadians. And I'll say that strictly, they weren't allowing Americans into Europe at that time. They were just letting Canadians in. I guess they like us or something. I don't know. But um, so I just told my wife, said, look, and the reason was it was our 25th anniversary and, and my wife's 50th birthday. So I kind of said, let's, you know, let's go. So I changed. We got our money back from the fights and everything, but I booked the new flights. We went to Greece in late September, early October, went for three weeks, and it was beautiful. And there were no tourists. We stayed in Athens for a week and Santorini for a week, and then we explored the mainland for about four or five days. But when we went to Santorini, which is normally inundated with five cruise ships a day, so up to 15,000 people a day coming to Santorini. There wasn't one cruise ship. It was beautiful. The streets wow. were not, I wouldn't say quiet, quiet. There were certain people. You had a lot of Europeans in there. But, I mean, you could walk down the street and not see anyone. And it was great. We loved it. No hustle and bustle. No elbowing, trying to make space in. Every time we went to a restaurant, no line. Got the best seat in the house type of thing. Very happy to see us come in. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I said, you know what? I'm okay with COVID being around for a while, if that's what it's going to be like. If I can still travel and not have to worry about being elbow to elbow with people down small streetways in Greece. but And the flight over was great. We were in a plane that fits 260 people, and there's 25 people on the plane. So my wife and I were able to socially distance on the plane ourselves if <laughs> 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 we wanted to. But Yeah, that's cool. So that was... So that was certainly a good point of it. We did meet a bunch of Canadians in Athens, about nine of them in Athens. It was kind of funny in one spot, but it was quiet. So oh, that's cool. I'm sure those days are long gone now. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that. My second question around your travel is not only do you do traditional travel, but when you travel, you hit interesting 
places. So you'll hit the full house, the actual full house house, or you'll go to the taping of ridiculousness or some show like Mork that. Mork and Mindy's house. I went Mork to Mork and Mindy's, and Mindy's house. house. Exactly. So my question to you was going to be, tell me about one of those kind of famous sites that was most impressive or that you enjoyed visiting the most. Oh, well, I'm going to it again in four weeks. I'm going to the South Fork Ranch for Dallas. Oh, there you go. I love it. <laughs> We've been to Dallas five times now. First time I went, I went with my mother, actually. My wife couldn't make it. So when my mom came down to the conference and I said, you want to go see the South Fork Ranch? And my mother was a huge Dallas fan. So off we went to the South Fork Ranch, which is about 40 minutes outside of Dallas proper. And yeah, for me, I'm a JR, you know, who shot JR kind of guy. And it's amazing for me, it was amazing to go and, and drive up the driveway, but to sit at the table on the outside by the pool where the Ewings sat and had their breakfast. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. I'm sitting at the table that JR sat at. I'm sitting at the <laughs> table that, you know, Miss Ellie sat at. <laughs> so, for, you know, and I'm very corny that was, you know, I'm very corny that way. And I thought, but my mother was the same way. Here's my mother putting her whole foot into the pool. She said she wanted to put her foot into the pool that Patrick Duffy swam in. <laughs> it was very surreal to see it. Now, inside the house is not like the Dallas TV show because they did all that taping in LA. But the outside, it was all taped on the outside and the burns and everything else. I had a great time with mom that year. And then every year after we went to Dallas, we went. We said, let's go to South Fork. And again, we're doing it. We're going it this year, even though we've both been there. It's one of those sites that just like, for me, the day it's gone will be the day it's at Jeez Wide Nego last year. Right. So, but like you said, I've been to a lot. Some of them are, I went to the this last August. I was in California and we went, or it was January. No, sorry. It was January. just passed January. I was at the Muse Executive Institute in California, which everybody as executive should go to because it's the most beautiful spot that I've ever been to in my life. Mm-hmm. But we went to the Brady House. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the Brady House. We went to the Brady House. So yeah, that's what I am. It's what I do when I travel, yep. as you very well know. <laughs> yep. Well, that's cool. That's a cool routine that you have. And and I appreciate you sharing that with us. And then now that's just one more reason to go to Muse. You can go to the Muse and see some education and then go visit the Dallas Ranch. So that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, Brian, thank you so much for your time today and all your contribution to Muse over the years and serving on the board and all the committees and just being a champion for Muse throughout the years. And I'm looking very much forward to seeing you at the conference coming up in just 25 days. That's great, TJ. I'm looking forward to seeing you and everybody else that shows up. It's going to be a good conference. Absolutely. Thanks for your time, Brian. Thanks, TJ. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening to Muse Views. Don't forget to rate and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcast fix. And visit museweb.org for information about Muse.